Hello and welcome to A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. Hey, that's me, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast exists to be a breath of fresh air just for you. Whether we're chatting about Broadway or TV and film one week, interviewing guests with stories of hope, hearing from experts on wellness and relationships, having real talk, singing, and obviously laughing. Through conversation and storytelling, we will learn alongside each other. And one thing I know for sure is that your time is really precious. So thank you for sharing it with me. And let's get into A Time to Live. Hey guys, what's up? So excited to have Lindsay Marks on the podcast today. Woohoo! <laughs> that who is her? She's here. I'm here. I'm real. <laughs> I am so honored that Lindsay said yes to this today. You guys are in for such a treat. Um, I've known Lindsay not even a full year yet. Our husbands met first before we met. They met at a men's retreat. They did. Your husband, Starch. <laughs> and you might be wondering, why did I say it like that? Well, Lindsay is from Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And you, you do say his name very well. Thank you. His name is Sturt. Sturt. Otherwise pronounced here <laughs> as Stuart. Is that right? <laughs> that is really good. Stuart. I love it. Your accent. I was like, okay, Lindsay's just an amazing person. I'm going to read her bio and you'll see like why I wanted to have her on. But also her accent and her voice is one of the most pleasing things I've ever heard. So thank you for lending it to us. <laughs> wow. That is such a compliment because I generally don't think that, but I will take it and... I will try and enunciate well for the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) You are perfect. Um, Okay, you guys. So Lindsay is a certified health and wellness coach with a vision to journey with individuals to help them experience holistic well-being. Starting with a focus on her own physical health during the pandemic in 2019, Lindsay soon began to realize the importance of caring for the whole person and the interconnectedness of the mind, body, and soul. She believed in this so much that she decided to do something about it, and her business, The Curated Coach, was born. Lindsay's passion is that clients' wellness journeys are tailored to their specific needs, curating a unique, personalized approach through the platforms of health coaching, wellness coaching, and guided meditations. In essence, this is all about experiencing authentic freedom. Lindsay creates a nurturing and safe space for clients to feel seen, heard, and valued. This approach is founded on the belief that the journey to freedom should never be about leaving, feeling more in deficit, but pausing to recognize the areas in our lives worth celebrating and exploring the doors of opportunities that lie ahead. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it just sounds so good when you say it. I'm like, (laughs) say it again, Amanda. (laughs) I think. Listen, I will, but actually you should say it again. If you could say it again in your accent, I would be so excited. (laughs) Oh, bless. No, thank you so much for having me on today. I think it's just something, obviously, that I'm really passionate about, but for you to think that this is something that your listeners would care about and would value and that we can maybe help them pick up some tools and strategies to actually incorporate into their meditative life mindfulness and just feel so much more centered is let's do it let's do it (laughs) let's do it let's do it I um was so blessed to be part of this women's night that you curated for eight of us ladies and we came over to your beautiful home and you have this wellness night just prepared for us and I remember it was I've never experienced anything like it and I was like wow god she is she's born to do this. Like 
it was so transformative for each of us. And um, I'm just reminded of this verse in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because mm-hmm. they trust in you. I feel like you create such a space for people's minds and hearts to, um, to be kept in that perfect peace because mm. our minds are, um, you just help us become more steadfast on the things that matter and on the truth, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? I think that the Bible talks about meditating on God's word day and night. Yes. And it's something, obviously, that I marry my core belief system, my faith into my business and what I do. Mm -hmm. But I think a core part of all of this is um, meditation is something that we can all access. Mm -hmm. And it can be something that is just like such a, a good vehicle for you to I suppose find equilibrium in your mind your body your soul Mm. all in one place all in one go Mm. and I don't think it's a coincidence that a triune God has created us as a in a triune way Mm. we're made up of three parts our minds our bodies our souls and so isn't it amazing that we have these tools at our disposal to connect on a a deeper level yeah that's really that's really good good good. what is so for anybody who has I mean I'm learning myself I Mm. just a question for you what is meditation and how does your faith play a role in why you love it so much why you practice it and why you lead others into that space well I think I would start by saying that meditation is necessary. Mm. (laughs) Meditation is necessary. Mm. I know that doesn't explain it, but I think it's the, just the ethos behind it. Um, if I were to explain meditation in simple terms, I would say it is tapping into a state of awareness, attention, paying attention to present tense, what's going on, feeling Mm. grounded, um, just you know another word that I would use would probably be respite Mm. and you know what I mean by respite Mm. like when you are surrounded by routine and rhythm of day-to-day life and that's important and it's good but sometimes we can just feel like we're a little bit caught um in a wheel or we're caught in the rat race yeah and how do you give yourself time not just seasonally. I think sometimes we're really good and we're wired to work towards the end of a project and look mm. forward to that vacation time and you know, I'll work really, really, really hard and then I'll have my break. Right. But meditation and mindfulness, which is part of what I offer in my coaching, is this respite that you can tap into daily. Mm. It's a space to feel centered, calm, have peace mm. and I mean you've asked how that connects to faith well I mean this is all also just an undercurrent of purpose of mm. belonging of coming back to those core questions of who am I why am I doing this what is this all about and sometimes we can kind of go through life in a little bit of a cloud or a little bit of a haze. Yeah, malaise. Malaise, that's mm. a great description. And so it's just having that little catch moment of, I am worthy of this space. 
this is who I am, mm. this is what I'm called to, and this is how I can connect with myself, God, on a spiritual level wow. each and every day. So good. I have a question for you. Okay. Well, I have a lot of them, but <laughs> I have a request of you. Would you do us the honor of leading us through a meditation? Uh, yes. To open the conversation. And folks, just do wait. Stay tuned because there, be there will be a closer that you don't want to miss too. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like just even for myself, and I know people <laughs> who are listening, I'm like, I would just love to experience um, some meditation led by you. So... Yeah, would you? I'd love to. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Let me set the scene. Okay. Um, some of the things that I would suggest, recommend, if you're listening to this at home, um, you know, light a candle. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna have some music. We're gonna create a little bit of ambiance and atmosphere. All of these things just help you to really access this a lot quicker and easier on a deeper level. So um, I just want to start with your physical body. Wherever you are, I invite you to take a couple of deep nourishing breaths in. You can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And again, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Just in a comfortable rhythm for yourself. And consider your physical body. What are you holding? Is there any tension that you haven't even been aware of today? So think about your face. Um, Consider just your furrowed brow, your eyebrows, and just relax your forehead. Um, Maybe you want to think about your jaw. We hold a lot of tension in our jaw. So just unclenching, moving around your jaw, relaxing. And then what about your neck? Maybe just moving your neck from one side to the other. Finally, your shoulders. I don't know about you, but I just hold so much tension in my shoulders. Just rolling your shoulders back and around. Just feeling the good stretch of that all the way down into your spine. You're grounding your physical body and that's actually bringing calm and relaxation and release to writhing thoughts, to overwhelmed feelings. I just want to remind you that you are so welcome here. This is simple. Mindfulness and meditation is just a time for you to release. There is no judgment here. A moment to be kind to yourself, to remind yourself that you are worthy of this time. You are allowed to be present. to say that you are actually doing a good job today. And as you feel your physical body and your thoughts and your mind just relax and feel more at ease, you might find that there is an emotion that feels close to the surface, something that you've been holding on to. Maybe it's stress, 
tension, anxiety, fear, anger. I just want to invite you to allow that to release. You don't have to hold on to anything. You can actually remove any expectation from yourself of what you need to get from this time. The power in meditation is just showing up and gifting yourself this space. It is okay to be still and breathe. And so I invite you to take one final deep breath in through your nose. Hold it in. And release through your mouth. And we can return to the present moment with a peaceful heart and renewed vision. And everybody's ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody went and took a nap. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lindsay. Oh, You're welcome. Wow. You are... Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am curious. I want to know more about your life. I mean, I know, I know a lot about your life, um, but I would just like to chat about it here. I'm so fascinated just by your upbringing. You grew up in Northern Ireland. I am curious... What was it like to be little Lindsay growing up in Northern Ireland? <laughs> How did it... Listen, I worked at the Pittsburgh Irish and Classical Theater for two summers. Okay, so I, I got to work on my Irish accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just am curious, like, how did, how did it shape you mm. growing up there? I think having been in New York for two years, mm-hmm. I feel so much more like I can answer that question. If we were having this conversation two years ago, Mm. you would know Lindsay, who had been in Northern Ireland her entire life. Mm. I mean, I had travelled, but I had never been away for a long extended period of time outside of my own culture and understanding. Mm. Um, And so it's really hard to bring bigger picture perspective to that when you're in it. Yeah, I bet, yeah. So I think now, kind of being here in the city... I'm so appreciative of where I've come from and my upbringing and I mean to speak a little into that and give some understanding Northern Ireland is beautiful it does rain a lot of the time <laughs> a soft day is that a what it's soft called? day or a, a flurry of snow we've got so many colloquialisms <laughs> you need to go for about a year to understand them all um but I think when I've reflected on what I appreciate about Northern Ireland and my upbringing in particular, is this kind of concept of intergenerational investment. Mm. So everybody, kind of families back home, we all live within a five minute drive of each other. Um, Childcare is done within the family. So if parents go to work, it's the grandparents that step up, they take charge, they look after the the grandchildren. And so I had this beautiful kind of intergenerational upbringing where my grandparents had a lot of say and love and investment Mm. when I was growing up as much as my parents did. Um, And there's this beautiful phrase I don't know if it's a phrase in my family or if it's across (laughs) Ireland Northern Ireland 
but I love it. And it's, um, you're at your granny's. Have you ever heard of that? Okay, only from you. Okay. I've heard you say this before. When you led us, when you led the women on that night, you were like, I want you to. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to stop trying to do this. But you invited us to be, Can you, you can explain it, but yes. Yes. I love it. Okay, so you're at your granny's is kind of this concept of, if you have grown up with a grandmother, you go into your grandmother's house and it's just like a space of love. Mm. It's home, it's belonging, it's safety, it's nourishment, all of those positive descriptions. And you come in and you know you might not look your best self, you might not feel your best self, but there's just acceptance there. Yeah. And your grandmother will um, love you through food, she will feed you as much as possible in the short space of time that you're there. She will, you know, slip $10 in your pockets when you're not looking. Just all of these lavish little ways of unconditional love. Yeah. And so I think that I think so fondly of home, that is a concept that I treasure so dearly. And it's something that I have brought into my business. It's really the essence mm-hmm. of what... I want people to experience through health and wellness coaching, yeah. through meditations, to to just know that that feeling that I get, you can access to. You're seen, you're valued, you're loved. Um, Ireland, of course, is beautifully green. It's surrounded by nature and almost kind of rough and ready in a sense too. It's not perfect, it's wild. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something as well that I appreciate. Just, it's not about coming in and being perfect. Mm -hmm. It's about being welcome as you are. Mm -hmm. Wild and free, working it out, and just being welcome. Mm. The word hospitality comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Respite and hospitality, respite we talked about before, but this idea of just like, like an exhale it's like a sigh or a hug yes and I feel like you have brought that hospitality from the culture back home to New York in such a powerful way like you've really what you've brought into like our community and just our friendship is so unique and so needed in this crazy Mm, busy world um and it's such a it's a gift you have but you're so intentional Mm. about it like when we were at that women's night there was a there was literally a meditation, you guys, in the bathroom as you washed your hands. I went to the bathroom and I was like, this is the most relaxing time I've ever been in the bathroom. <laughs> Washing my hands and being led through um, like a three or four part meditation to consider each step of watching, washing your hands and bringing gratitude into the process yeah. and mindfulness and um, just that level of you are welcome here mm-hmm. and I want you to leave filled up I want you to leave nourished yeah and uh I just really appreciate about that about you and I've learned so much I'm so glad you picked that up from the meditation (laughs) yes that was the vibe it was so good I was like oh all right ready for a nap (laughs) um I want to know about your journey to faith I I know about it but would you would you would you chat about that yeah for sure um I think it's just the core of who I am, why I do what I do. I've always been a person that I would say I would describe my careers as vocational. Hmm. So that it's very much intertwined with who I am, heart on sleeve. Hmm. Um, 
I mean, I say all of this and I also want to caveat by saying I want to create a space for all people, of all journeys of all walks of life to mm-hmm. come in through my doors and have that safe, belonging space yeah. for you to engage with meditation wherever you're at. Um, but my own journey of faith has definitely, I suppose, kind of shaped and guided my core belief system and um, what I live my life by and, mm-hmm. and why I do what I do. Um, I think my faith over the years, when I reflect, has probably mostly been shaped in valley moments. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Versus the mountain moments. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about the mountains, we talk about the valleys, mm. and don't get me wrong, I love the mountains. <laughs> mountains are fun. <laughs> Those peak moments when you just feel, yes, this is it, like you're yeah. at the top. And I think the thing that I consider is you've done the hike, you've got to the top of the mountain, and then you look at the view. Mm. What are you actually looking at? You're looking at valleys. You're looking at the valley moments Mm. and it's beautiful and it takes your breath away. And so for me, I think um, God has had this beautiful way of carving out character in me, of chipping away edges, Mm. of making me realize that um, I am a work in progress. Mm. And it's been at those moments when I've probably felt at my lowest or I've felt most challenged or most confused or unsure which journey or route to take that the beauty is there Mm. and I'm so grateful for those moments and I definitely do not regret having experienced them it's brought this kind of sweet um, gratitude that Mm. I would never experience had I not gone through life situations and circumstances I think we all we all probably feel that way but it's hard at the time yeah when I first met you, I remember the first conversation we had, I was so struck by the intimacy that you have with the Lord and how much you trust him and how fearless that makes you and free that makes you. Um, could you speak about the journey to trusting God? Hmm. A little, just a bit. Yeah, I think probably New York's a really good example of that. Um, I think trust is a really hard concept Mm. because it has to be tangible. It has to be experienced. Mm. And so I think when I have had an experiential understanding of not just an upbringing of who God is from a background or Mm. this is the way, you know, that things happen or this is, this is what you should believe but it very much has transcended into an experience of a creator God who has guided my steps Mm. in the moments that I haven't had clarity myself. Um, And I think trust is something that needs to be earned. Mm. But I think what I have discovered is that God is not afraid of that. Mm. And he is willing for us to test his trust. He actually wants us to know that he is reliable. Mm. He wants us to understand that he is someone um, who is not going to leave us, even when we push against him, even when we doubt him, even when we have questions that we're unsure of. 
he's like, give me your questions. Yeah. I can take that. Yeah. I want you to ask me more. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, you know, and I think that is just such a great sign of a parent that's mm. um, consistent, that isn't going to go anywhere. Um, I love that you've tied that into fearlessness. I mean, <laughs> I love that. For me, I probably don't know if I feel that all the time. I would say there's a boldness mm. of even if I feel lacking, even if I feel in deficit, this is so much bigger than me. Yeah. So I have the freedom to run. Mm. And that is what helps me lose my inhibitions a bit more, mm. what helps me not be as self-conscious or feel as limited. Yeah. I get to know that there is a greater plan and purpose around me and I just I have the freedom to do my bit. Mm. That's good. That's so good. Who has influenced you the most? For good. Yes, I did go there. <laughs> I think you have to sing it. <laughs> I have been. Um, I want to know who's influenced you for good the most here on earth so oh, far. It's a hard question. Hard I know. Question. I know, but I'm just curious. Hmm. Who's influenced me the most? Your granny. My, do, you know what probably, <laughs> do you know what probably would be my granny? Really? Yeah. Oh. It's a, such a cliche, straightforward answer, isn't it? I think... I think I struggle to answer this question in a sense because I see so many different variations or, or characteristics in lots of different people. So mm. it's hard to kind of like narrow. Totally. You know, into totally. one person. And each person, each one of us is made in the image of God and like has these different characteristics that are so beautiful. And, yeah. you know, how do you choose one person? Exactly. Yeah. And I think on that, I kind of this is such a simple analogy, but I look at people and I'm like, you've got a jigsaw puzzle piece that Mm. I don't have. And so when I get the pleasure of like getting to know you and spending time in your company, you get to add your jigsaw piece to my bigger understanding of this picture. That's so good. And so it's like, that's the power of community and relationship. And that's why we're made to to have friends and to Mm. be social. And even if you sometimes have to push against that, that's why it's beneficial for you. Um, let's talk about my granny. She is unconditional. <laughs> she is 95. She has just been there oh. throughout. And I think that what I love about her um, the most is when I am sporadic, when I am running here, there and everywhere, um, I haven't spoken to her for you know a couple of months and then I come into her presence, there's no judgment. It's not like, oh, I haven't seen you or I haven't heard from you. It's more a, there's room at the table, take your shoes off, sit down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a little cup of tea. Tell me all about what's going on. Oh. And for me, I'm just like that. That's what I want to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, that consistent, unconditional, non-biased, non-judgmental love. Just sitting in the room with me and yeah. saying, you've given me this time. This is precious. Let's talk. Wow. Yeah. So good. You're in New York. We're in New York right now. We are. How did you come to the Big Apple? How am I here? Yeah. At the table. Yeah. The Um, the curated coach. The curated coach. In New York City. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how much time do we have? I'll condense. (laughs) It's a long story. (laughs) I'll give you some highlights. Um, I call our 
transition to New York, the season of wonderful chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put a positive spin on quite a chaotic time. I also would say um, my entire New York experience has been pandemic related. That's right. As well. So my husband, Stuart, and I moved um, kind of, when was it, Lindsay? <laughs> 2020. Yeah. So we had been waiting about for about seven months back home in Ireland. We had the green light. It was a go, but then COVID hit. So right, we're just it. like, you know, sitting on this news, but without the tangible, yes, mm-hmm. we're going. Um, very frustrating. But I suppose for us, it was this pivotal kind of crossroads moment of, you know what? We could stay in Northern Ireland and we would love it mm-hmm. and it would be great and we could settle down and it would be a success and all of those wonderful things mm-hmm. or we could also have this other good opportunity and I think sometimes that's the challenge because at times when we are at crossroads in our lives we can pick the best option and we can know which one makes the most sense and there's pros versus cons for us there were pros for both of our situations and choices um, but it was with my husband's work. He had this opportunity to move here. I had just got a promotion in my job back home. Mm. So I was like, should we do this? Like, this is the riskier choice. Um, and I think we just, and my husband is so practical, you know, he has Excel sheets for everything and he very much just wrote a list and he was like, yeah, like this is, this is what it's going to be. We're going to make this move. I had to go and really like work this out and <laughs> think it through and you know signs and wonders and all of that and we both kind of agreed why not like life is worth living risks are worth taking and I'm so glad now because the curated coach probably wouldn't exist it's been through my transition of moving to New York that I started my wellness journey personally yeah that I became aware that I had other passions outside of what I was doing Hmm. um I had this space to lift my head up and think you know what else am I being called to what else am I passionate about um and the curated coach was born so I have a lot to be thankful for amazing and a lot to thank New York for as well (laughs) I'm so glad you guys said yes to the move um okay fun little question you and Stuart honestly have the best music taste what should we you do when we come over it's like have you guys heard this have you guys heard that it's just the best taste in music what should we be listening to right now I think what Amanda is politely referring to is that sometimes in the middle of a conversation I will stop to enjoy <laughs> the music that's happening in the background yes um, you're so polite okay what is on my playlist can we put some links in the show notes absolutely okay great um, I'm going to just give you a plethora of obviously Irish and Northern Irish people because I'm biased. Let's do it. Okay. Um, the top of my list would be Foy Vance. Foy Vance. Love. You introduced me. So Not good. to be confused with Vance Joy. Oh. Oh. They sound alike in name and nothing else. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Foy Vance. Noted. Um, and what I will say about probably all of my taste in music is it's people that it's not just the song it's the soul that's going on the story it's the lyrics it's you know there's just something else 
Yeah. And Foy just has a way of doing that. Um, similarly, Glenn Hansard. My gosh, once. Yes. Once the musical, people. If you haven't seen the, the musical film. or the film, the entire soundtrack is incredible. So beautiful. Listen to it. Um, and then one more, if I may. If you want some real Irish trad music, so, you know, like fiddle, banjo. Does trad mean traditional? Yes. Okay. So, like, if you go into a pub, yes. and you'll just see, like, all of the Irish instruments. Amazing. And you know you need to, like, get off, like, Kate Winslet in Titanic and do a jig. <laughs> yeah. This is your band. They're called Bioga. Bioga. B-E-O-G-A. Amazing. They're going in the show notes, people. Yep. And as I was saying to Amanda recently, get yourself on the treadmill, listen to some Bioga. You're going to have the best workout of your life. <laughs> oh, you hear it here her. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) There we go. Um, Okay, the curated coach. Let's talk about why, what led you to become a wellness coach and what's it been like to start your own business? Hmm, yes. Okay, so I kind of touched on it a little bit. It started very much with my own kind of physical wellness journey. Mm. Um, Pandemic hits. Everybody's like stuck in their houses, back home in the UK, and Ireland, you had like one hour of exercise that you were allowed out every day. Oh, wow. And that was it, like wow. at the very start. And most people were like, oh my goodness, how are we going to cope? And my reaction was, hold on, you're allowed 60 full minutes a day for self-care? <laughs> are you serious? The government has actually said this? Um, so that really challenged me that like, you, you know, exercising, nutrition, all of that is something that we should prioritize Hmm. um so i kind of started down that route and then very quickly realized that health and wellness is so different for each person Mm -hmm. it's not just physical wellness it's emotional health it's spiritual health mental health and well-being is just this beautiful umbrella term that means we get to interact and consider well how am I balanced? Mm. How am I feeling? And what's out of whack? <laughs> um, so I think for me, it was the start of a beautiful journey of I had moved to the States. I was waiting for my work permit. Um, I had a little bit of time and I just wanted to learn more. So I, I started the kind of coaching training. And then in my first year, I got my accreditation. And then I was just like, okay, well, the next step is there's no point wasting this. Yeah. I want to actually do something about it. And, and that's kind of when I started to dream and lift my head up and consider what could I offer here in the city, but also back home. And there is just such a need. I think I've realized through the coaching and meditation um, just that people need space they need someone to facilitate yeah um space for them to come and consider what their wellness looks like Mm. um i have had clients who oh it's just it's so special i've had some clients for example who have um been so afraid to step into further education Mm. who are now doing a master's wow i've had some clients who have had broken down relationships but have courageously decided to have that healing conversation mm. with that family member and, and how that's just brought about so much more confidence and um, just little examples of that that I get the privilege of being invited into yeah that reminds me that like this is why I want to do this yeah um and just feeling so fortunate to see 
people's narrative change, their language about themselves, catching their, their habits and their ingrained thoughts and behaviours. And really, this is all about freedom. Mm. It's about people understanding that they get to be their authentic self and and what that is and what that looks like mm. and it, it looks different for every person the journey is different wow. some some people will start with physical health others will start with meditations others will start with one-to-one wellness coaching which is probably more similar to life coaching if you, if you know that um, and that's why it's curated so it's trying to meet people mm. with their specific needs meet people where they are yeah so good so many amazing testimonies and feel free to share more I'm also curious, so when you walk your clients through, like, because I know you do a couple different things, like, what are the different services that you provide? Yeah, so um, I kind of started, my starting point was mind, body, soul. Mind, body, soul. Mind, body, soul. So the guided meditations kind of combines all of those things. Again, it's experiential. So what I say is, I'm not a therapist. I want you to make sure you have the support Mm -hmm. that you need. But what I do is augment therapy. Mm. So someone comes to me and maybe in therapy they've been able to talk about something in their past or trauma or experience that's holding them back. Then they come to me and we actually set goals. So we look at the present tense areas in a person's life and we say, where do you feel stuck? Mm. And let's action it out. And with some help and guidance, you're going to put that into practice And then next month we'll come back and we'll see how we can grow from it or reflect on it. And the art of reflection, Amanda, is something that I have carried with me for many years. Mm -hmm. So I used to be an educator and you could tell the teachers that evaluated their lessons and Mm. reflected over the ones that didn't. And it's, it's hard to kind of describe what the difference is, but it's just this kind of pause of why am I doing what I'm doing and is there a better way? Mm. So it's like using your experience and allowing it to inform how you can grow Mm. from that for your future. Um, I think Plato said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. And it's just, again, meditation, coaching, mindfulness, all of this is allowing someone to have the tools that they need to actually feel in control of their life and their situation yeah so on that one of my services that i've just launched is an eight-week wellness course Mm. where we look at the eight dimensions of wellness and it's really just this opportunity for people to feel balanced across all spectrums and areas in their lives awesome and that's amazing and you're with people every step of the way Mm -hmm. i know in this beautiful space you have Um, But also online, do you do... Yep, online as well. Online coaching as well. Amazing. Um, And we'll definitely make sure that you know where to find Lindsay. Uh, On the interwebs, of course. (laughs) Um, Okay, this is... uh, I just am curious, what underrated tool or tools are indispensable for your job? Mm -hmm. Um, A cup of tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> a cuppa. Is that how a you cuppa. say it? A little cup of caffeine. Yep. Or a coffee. You feel like it brings people together? Like, share, yeah. Like you mean like a client, like sharing tea with you? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're at your granny's. Right. So have you heard of Huga? 
Okay, yes, because of Frozen the musical. That's oh. where I learned. Well, I guess the film first, but then the movie. There's a yeah. whole song. Have you seen it? I feel like I should know this. You should know this. Okay. There's a whole song called, what's the word? Huga. Huga. Yes. There's an entire, like, 10 or 15 minutes dedicated to the idea of Huga. Okay. And that's how I learned about it. So it's coziness. It's yes. warmth. It's, like, um, charming, aesthetic, yeah, it's, like, it's, soft things. <laughs> exactly. And it's really hard to describe because, it's again, it's like, how do you explain a feeling? <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's, yeah, it's kind of funny that I actually yeah. know what that is. But. So huga is um, a word in Danish culture. Ah, okay. So it's very European and it's this concept of, you know, even through an act of something simple like a cup of tea, you can experience gratitude, coziness, warmth, Mm. all of those beautiful thoughts and feelings, you would be surprised how much a client connects to that. Hmm. Just making a cup of tea, feeling at home, it just helps them to just relax and share what's on their heart. Yeah. So I would say a cup of tea and um, just simply music. Music is the best untapped yet resourceful tool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you obviously agree with that. Um, music can really set the tone for a lot of things. So powerful. So generally in most of my coaching and my meditations, I will always have music in the background. Mm. And then I would say a final tool, extend it to a tool, would just be listening. Hmm. Just sitting and listening and holding a safe space for someone to process. Hmm. I think it's really important. You're so good at it. Thanks. You're so good at it. (laughs) That's true. Okay, I want to know, sometimes mornings can be hard for me. Mm. And I would venture to say that sometimes mornings can be hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just hope I'm not alone. (laughs) Um, I'm curious what your personal morning routine looks like and any guidance for me or anybody else listening looking to have a more life-giving routine. It's like the morning, it's like start of the day, set the tone. Yeah. And sometimes I just feel like I can get so distracted and so like, um, I just, it's an area that I want to improve. Yeah. Okay. This is so, um, situational, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because I'm self-employed, so I have the luxury of having a little bit extra time in my mornings Mm -hmm. because I can set that time. I totally understand that for commuters, for people that, you know, start their work earlier, it's an office job that it's just harder to maintain. Like taking care of kids or someone else. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I think the best advice I would give, and I actually am stealing this from someone else. um, Mm. There's a book that I read last year called Atomic Habits. It's it's on my table for the for the people that are watching the podcast there's a little book called atomic habits on the table it's by james clear and he talks about um habit stacking Hmm. okay and so the concept of this is if you want to um have this little moment of groundedness and mindfulness um you tag it onto something else that you do every single day Hmm. Because that's already an ingrained habit that you like have. Like brushing your teeth? Exactly. Okay. Um, so let's go with the cuppa. Let's stick with the cup of tea. Okay. I would say probably most people will make themselves a coffee every morning or a cup of tea or something like that. 
um, and you'll always have five minutes to yourself before you're heading out the door. Mm. What if you stacked a habit on top of that and that's your little mindfulness moment? Oh. And it can just be five minutes to start with. Yeah. And then as you develop that habit and you learn to enjoy it, you can grow it and kind of let it turn into whatever it becomes. And you'll maybe want to do it more. Exactly. Once you're already doing it, you're like, oh, I want the, look at these benefits. Yeah. Let me get more of this. Yeah. So oh, what's so good. How do you use that time? What does five minutes look like? Yeah. Um, for me, do you know, boiling the kettle, having the water boiling and just slowing my mind, slowing myself down, not checking Instagram, not checking my emails first thing. Hmm. Um, sitting down with that and actually enjoying it. Again, it's bringing awareness to a very simple and seemingly mundane activity, but actually you're bringing gratitude into that little thing. Right. Um, and actually what's happening too, like if you imagine thousands of, I think we have thousands of taste buds, just the miracle that it is mm. that we're actually able to drink tea. Exactly. And uh, I don't know, like I, is that sort of part of the reflective process as well? Just enjoying the miracle of what seems like a mundane moment? Yeah, just finding joy in simple things. Yeah. Um, being a bit more present tense pulling yourself out of those this is what I have to do today um again it's easy for me to say this right now you know I there might be a mother listening to this and she's like I've been up all night and I'm really really tired and I need the caffeine exactly and I I do have stuff to do yeah yeah but I think it's it's about um nourishment and so for some people it might be just a minute of silence and solitude Mm-hmm. That might be what you need before you enter into the day. For other people, it might be a personal affirmation reminder of this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. For someone else, it might be sitting, reading you know, a Bible verse or a reflection just to start your day off, your mentality and the right mindset. You get to make it whatever you want to. Yeah. We have a, a friend, I was just talking to her last night, who she goes into what can sometimes be called like the secret place yes. with, with God which basically is like um, communing with God, Mm -hmm. listening to him, being with him, and setting apart time to do that. And she was like, you know, I used to do, I used to like go to a coffee shop and kind of do that. And then she was like, you know, I'm stripping it down to Mm -hmm. like being even more simple. She gets in the fetal position on the floor of her living room and just throws a blanket over her Mm -hmm. head and literally goes into this, um, secret place. Yeah, yeah, like a little cocoon. I was like, that is so genius. It just removes yeah. all distractions. You're in a very sort of intimate space, uh, closed, small space. Um, so that works for her. So yeah. it's different for everybody, yeah. but I just love the simplicity of, of yes. even just that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you as well. Related to this, like we were talking about being pulled in a million different directions and of course now with our screens as somebody who works with clients who want to become more well and more centered what do you notice happening in our culture and in our society mm. that pulls us away from wellness and taking care of ourselves like what is that and then also like why is it so important that we actually mm. do this yeah gosh it's such a tug of war isn't it like you feel it don't for, you for our attention yeah squirrel brain pressure <laughs> priorities, um, everything vying for your attention. I mean, and then New York on top of that. (laughs) Casual. (laughs) Just casual on top of that. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that society says that everything is important. Mm. And with the growth of industry and everything else, there's just so many voices out there. It's like, well, how can I prioritize everything that's important then? Mm. And so generally, the thing that becomes undervalued is yourself because you have to make time for everything else that is being dictated to you that is important. Hmm. Um, what if you flip that script? What if we were able to redeem and claim back that actually first and foremost, I am my greatest tool in terms of how I interact with society, my work, all of these things. I mean, there's so much out there now about burnout and just feeling at the end of your rope in a sense. Um, and so I think that for us, it's about those pause moments where you can get to reclaim who you are, that you are your greatest asset, hmm. that you are valuable and that you are worth making time for. And that your wellness, like how well your vessel is, like mm-hmm. really matters because it's like you can't give what you don't have exactly um in a way yeah there's this beautiful phrase that i love it says um what you believe you embody and what you embody you become Mm. so if i believe that what society is telling me is the most important thing then i will embody that i will start to show that in my attitude in my work ethic in my values in the things that i say yeah and then at the end of the day, I'm going to become that. But if I change that round and I say, well, what I believe is I am someone who is not a slave to what I do or what, you know, all of this, then I can actually fill myself up with life-giving things, mm. with positive thinking, with positive thoughts, with good well-being. And that's just going to filter down through my attitude, through my narrative, my language. And all of a sudden, that's the person I am. So it's all about the attention that we're giving to the right things. Yeah, the attention point is so important because it's, yeah, time is so precious. Yeah. And what we are doing with that time, like, really matters. And, okay, I'm reminded of Philippians 4, 8 says, um, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, mm. whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy (laughs) praiseworthy (laughs) think about such things and yeah what we focus on that is the perfect verse for what we were just talking about yeah thanks god it's a good reminder that i need yeah daily definitely um and yeah it's just beautiful that you are that you do what you do and that you hold space for people to to care for themselves so that they can care for others and mm-hmm. care for, you know, who they, who's placed in their, their little world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One of my favorite podcasters and she's an, an amazing friend, um, is Annie F Downs. Y'all know her. She's like the podcast queen. That sounds fun. Gotta listen to that podcast. But, um, you know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So I'm going to imitate <laughs> a question that she asks her guests, which is what do you know about God today? that you didn't a Mm. year ago? Oof. 
Thank you for the question, Annie. <laughs> what a great question. I'm such a reflector. I feel like you could give me about two days and I would still not know how to answer that. It's a big, it's a big question. Yeah. With probably many answers. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I think I would say, and this sounds so simplistic, God is unchanging. Mm. And so like, especially in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of change. We've moved country. Um, for those of who are on the podcast who don't know, I'm actually expecting a little baby. Um, so more change to come. Um, and I just love that. I think I've mentioned consistency so much on this podcast, but for me, consistency is, is someone who knows who they are, is someone who mm. brings certainty, is someone who um, is going to be my pillar that I can run to, my, my honing device the thing that keeps me grounded when I feel scattered and all over the place and mm. life just throws many, many things at me. Um, and again, it just reminds me that it doesn't end with me. Mm. And I get to have the peace of, phew, well, if you're unchanging, then I get to run back to you. I get to come and know that I'm refueled and I get to go out and do my thing again but you're always going to be there ready for me to come back mm. and be refueled again um yeah I don't know if that answers your question so good yes yes whoo that's a word uh if you could go back and give 18 year old Lindsay one piece of advice just one piece of advice um or like a nugget of wisdom what would it, what would it be also again big question lots of answers but just one thing um one thing She's come so far. <laughs> Look at her now. I mean, gosh, how long ago was that? I'm 34, so it's like you know, 15, 16? 15, 16 15, years 16. ago. Yeah. yeah, it's a long time. It's like a whole other nearly 18-year-old. <laughs> I think I would say you are going to know yourself so much better than you do. And it will be so worth it, but it's going to be hard. Mm. And... If I were to give myself, I love questions. I think questions are really helpful. Oh, so if like I were to give myself a question. You would ask. Oh, okay. I, would, I would say, this is something for you to remember to ask yourself as you make decisions, as you enter into real life situations. Does it matter? <laughs> and I just think I, I would want 18 year old Lindsay to question that a bit more. Does this really matter? And is this worth the energy that I'm giving it. Lindsay Marks. What the heck? And I need that's, to keep asking myself those questions. That's the word. Does it matter? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I have a surprise for you. We oh. actually have a question from your husband. Oh, no. <laughs> surprise! Okay, this is from Stort. Okay. <laughs> he is asked, how can husbands slash partners be supportive? That's a great question. Isn't that a great question? He googled that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. He already I don't think so. The answer. No. Um, how can husbands or partners? What's the end of the question? Um, be supportive. Mm-hmm. How can husbands slash partners be supportive? Be supportive. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about you, Amanda. I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. But for me. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know what I need support in. Hmm. And 
I think that's okay. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to know ourselves well. And I mean, I'm contradicting everything I've said in this entire podcast (laughs) because I'm saying, you know, this is about being grounded and knowing yourself. But actually, um, something that I'm learning about myself is health and wellness is not about being the best version of yourself. Hmm. Health and wellness is learning to love the quotation worst version of yourself. It's learning to have patience that you're a flawed, real-life human being. You don't have it all together. You're going to make mistakes. Mm. And so I think what I want from my husband or my partner is a lot of grace. Mm. I want their support to look like it's okay that you felt this this day and you're learning and you've apologized for that or you know what you're still working that out but let me do it with you let's journey it together Um, and so I think the support that I want is someone who is open-minded and willing to discover it with me as we journey flawed together listen I don't, I don't think I could put it oh, any better. Oh, come on. You also, could bring more. Also, we're both, I mean, we're both relatively newly wed yeah. people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, that's a whole journey in and of For itself. Sure. But like the word compassion, I guess, comes oh, to mind yeah. as you were talking about grace. Um, God has such great compassion on us. God lavishes us with grace. And so what does that look like to do that for each other? Yeah. Um, and I think everybody's love language is different as well. So yeah. I think... It could be cool. Gary Chapman has the has a book called The Five Love Languages, and each person feels the most loved with five different things. Mm-hmm. It's either words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. You could be lavishing someone with like so many gifts, mm-hmm. but it might not land because that's not how they actually need or want to be loved. Good. So I think just the specificity of like knowing. Yeah, knowing how you're wired, your person, and then acting on that good. feels like support. It feels like a knowing, and mm-hmm. I've got you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so good. Okay, is there a question that you wish I had asked you, and how would you have answered it? It can be about yeah. ice cream if you want. Oh, I should have, or something, of that. or something that's actually valuable to you. Amanda did, you know, send me some of these thoughts ahead of the podcast. And um, I almost want to pick a question that I don't want you to ask me. Mm. (laughs) Like a really, this is something that I'm still working on. And I think my question would probably be something along the lines of what feels unresolved or imperfect in your life? Does that make sense as a question? Totally. Um, and to answer that, thank you for that question, Lindsay. <laughs> um, obviously, first of all, I would say me. <laughs> I feel imperfect. I feel unresolved. But in coming to reflect on this, I maybe hinted at it pre- in the previous question. It's, it's this concept of I am flawed and I am imperfect. Um, I think that very often your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. And so for me, people are my greatest strength. I love seeing potential in others. I love raising up leaders. I love seeing freedom be released. But people are also my greatest weakness because that is an area that I care a lot about. Does that make sense? I'm I'm tracking. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, 
it's almost this idea of friendships, relationships that have been unresolved in my past that um, because I cannot be all things to all people, mm-hmm. because I um, am an imperfect person, uh, I say the wrong things sometimes. <clears throat> the things that come across might not come out the right way mm. um, and it's it's trying to find a peace in that of understanding well I've done the best that I can and you know that phrase like hindsight is a wonderful thing mm-hmm. and hindsight is a, a good thing but I think the the tricky thing when it comes to hindsight is you're standing in this present moment looking at a past experience saying oh I would have done that but you're more informed yeah. now you've got more maturity you've got more wisdom mm-hmm. you've got more tools at your disposal to make that decision right. and so I think we need to get away from this kind of concept of regret we need to trust that at those moments in those times if we are um trying to live a life in a way that is honoring to ourselves and others that we made the best decision that we could in those moments and to kind of do away with any guilt or shame of oh that friendship is no longer the way it is anymore because I just I couldn't fulfill the needs of that other person or whatever that looks like Mm. um does it still feel bad yes sometimes life does feel bad and we can't always have a picture perfect mm. outcome in every life situation and so I think yeah so my question would be I'm an imperfect my answer to the question would be I'm an imperfect person and I'm learning to love and accept the worst version of myself mm. you know what verse I think about a lot in that context and thank you for sharing and thank mm-hmm. you for your authenticity because it's like a real challenge. I mean, honestly, you could have been like, what's my favorite ice cream? Or yeah. do you like puppies or cats? Like, cats. Oh, <laughs> girlism, we're going to have a whole other conversation. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm a little bit afraid of felines. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love puppies. Um, yeah, like the verse that comes to mind that I just like, thank God for this promise is that he works all things yeah. together for good for those who love him. What? Yeah. That even means my past mistakes, the things that I do wish I would have done differently, the ways that I've hurt people. Oh my gosh. Like by his grace, he's purposing it all for good, mm-hmm. which is wild to think about the intricacies and the the wisdom and the bigness of his mind and capacity to like, do that and weave it all together is such a grace and I think um is a relief yeah so comforting so comforting Mm -hmm. um what a gift you know yeah for sure also speaking of gifts you on this podcast (laughs) I'm so honored thank you so much thank you how can we find you Lindsay you can find me on Instagram great at the curated coach i would love you to give me a follow um such good stuff there you guys thanks my it's, website yeah i was gonna say it's really good because she reels. makes some really good reels <laughs> real is a really hard word to say in irish how do you say real it? what real yeah it's like two syllables a real a real a real real <laughs> i feel like it's almost like a real it's like I'm really looking forward to this. 
Wait, the way you say really, like, oh, really? It sounds like really, I think. Oh. I'm just going to make a reel today for Instagram. Oh. It's got a little bit of a lilt in it, I think. Oh, in that's cool. Yeah. We're digressing. We're digressing. Massively. Okay. So, um, at the Curated Coach on Instagram. Yep. Also your website. Also my website. Is? Curatedcoach.com. The or? Just Curated Coach. And we're going to put this in the show notes so you can just scroll down and click on it. Yep. Amazing. Um, thank you so much for being here. And as promised you guys, I did say hang on for a treat at the end. Um, Lindsay's actually going to close this episode with a meditation just for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. The best. And excellent questions. Oh, listen, thanks a lot. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I may or may not have like used Google to help me curate some of them. No, no, no. And then some of them were just from my own brain and some of them God gave me. I so. was stretched in <laughs> really good ways. God gave me all of these. Let's be real. <laughs> um, okay. So Over let's do me. it. Over to you. I okay. pass the mic. Well, I think based on what we've shared and thought about and talked about today, it would only be fitting to do a meditation on growth. Ooh. How do you feel about that? Love it. Okay. So again, for meditation, you might want to think about your surroundings, get that little candle lit, get yourself some ambiance, music, etc. And we're just going to settle into the moment. And we're going to begin by taking a few slower and deeper breaths than you would normally take. Breathing in slowly through your nose, just listening as I speak and talk to you. And then when you're ready, blowing the air slowly through your mouth. With every inhalation, imagine that you're breathing in calm, relaxation, peace. And with the exhale, just releasing tension, letting go of stress, breathing in positive thoughts and feelings. And breathing out anything that is hindering you and is not going to serve you today. And just allow yourself to trust your body to regulate your breath. Slowing down even more, imagining all of your muscles in your body just relaxing. Doing a scan from the top of your head all the way through to the soles of your feet. Breathing in and out, just as you are. Good job. And so now with the power of your imagination, I want you to picture yourself standing in the middle of a large garden. And the garden is filled with a beautiful assortment of trees, of wildlife, of flowers in a variety of colors and sizes. Maybe you even want to take a look around the garden and notice any structures there are, maybe there's a seat or a bench, an archway, is it covered in roses or jasmine or ivy? Maybe there's even a hammock 
for you to lie in and relax. In one corner of the garden, there is a shed and against the shed, there are some tools like a rake and a shovel and a brush. And gazing up, you can see a beautiful blue sky and you can feel the warmth of the sun on your face. You are so at peace here. And as you look around, you look down and you notice that at the ground under your feet, there are dried, crumpled up leaves that have been left behind from the season before. And they are scattered here and there and all around. And looking more closely, you can even notice areas on the ground where the leaves are really packed down and they form a damp carpet. They're actually blocking some of the plants from reaching the light of the sun. You pick up some of these leaves and you notice as you pick them that the leaves have words on them. The words that are written on them are words that are being pruned away from your life, from the previous season. Habits, thoughts, attitudes that you want to leave behind. What do the words on your leaves say? Maybe it's lack of self-belief, frustration at limited opportunities confusion for the future. These leaves represent negative experiences, feelings or messages, perhaps that you've spoken over yourself or that you have received from other people and internalized. Deciding that it is time to clear your space of this negativity, you take the rake and you begin piling up all of the leaves that have been dampened down beneath your feet. When you've done it, you have a big, big pile and you decide what you want to do with it. You decide to compost the leaves because it means that they're not wasted. They can actually be used and turned into something beautiful. Learning that replaces the bad experience. Reaching into your pockets now, you find seeds that you have been meaning to plant for quite a long time. It's time to replenish the garden it's time to bring new and fresh life in the season ahead. You know instinctively where to plant these special seeds because this is your garden. You know it well, you've been tending it your entire life. And pushing the seeds down into the earth, you cover them lightly with soil, you pat them down gently, and you give them just the right amount of water. While you're planting these in your garden, I want you to imagine what you're writing on those new leaves as they grow from the seeds. 
What new words do you want to put in? Maybe it's hope for the future. Maybe it's self-confidence. Maybe it's trust. You get to decide. As time passes, the seeds grow stronger and healthier second by second. The thing is, you cannot see them at first. You need to trust that they are there growing under the surface, germinating, sprouting, and soon enough, when they're ready, in their time, they will push their way up through the earth into the light. Trusting this process, you can leave nature to do its work. And that means that you are now free to relax. You can lie in the hammock, you can sit on the garden bench, and you can enjoy the beauty that is the result of your hard work. Resting now, you return your attention to your breath and find that it is flowing smoothly and easily. Your heart and your mind have so much room now for new things to grow and flourish. And you decide that caring for yourself regularly like this is worth the effort because you feel so much more free and at peace, cleared of all of that pre-season stuff that you no longer need in your life. In fact, you decide to spend more time in awareness of your body, your emotions and thoughts, so that you know when you need to come back to the garden the most. And so when you're ready, Deep breath in and out. Express gratitude for the moment you've had. And when you're comfortable, open your eyes and return back to your day. All right, y'all, that's our episode for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to comment and like and subscribe and leave reviews and all that good stuff. It really helps. I'm new to this thing, so we can be new to it together, you know? If you've never left a review or a rating or something, maybe this is your time. Hopefully it's a good one, that's all I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.